somewhere in this uh, bulletin, we had the children laying the palm branches. They got to stand up right there. Yeah. Come on, everybody join the children. Stand. They don't have to stay in their seats.
continue to worship God this morning.
acknowledged him. Thank you. He is in our lives here. We know this very well. As we once again prepare for intercession. I'm getting convicted about my intercessory, so I must confess. Do not let bitterness invade your spirit because we keep praying and there's no answers yet. But God hears you. Elohim Shema. The God who hears you. Do not be discouraged. My friend told me about this. And when a friend tells you, I'm going to run to the Bible, see if they're correct. And sure enough, they were correct. So be careful with your discouragement that it doesn't become bitterness. So once again, the altars are open for you, for yourselves. You're getting ready to have a week of celebration of a God who became man just for you. Everybody go like this and say this with me, just for me, just for me. He came for you. He gave up everything. Ooh, I tried to watch The Passion. That's rough. Y'all are welcome to watch that. I can't take it. I can't take it. If it is even close to what Jesus did for me to be my sacrifice. Continue to worship. You give life. You give life. You are love. You bring light to the darkness. You give hope. You restore every heart that is broken. In your breath in our love. 
Hosanna. Hosanna. And the kids are going to go around and they're going to wave their palm branches and the adults are going to go around and wave their palm branches if you have them, if you don't have them. Yeah, we have some. Okay, and we're going to sing Hosanna unto the Lord and then the children are going to go out to Children's Church. That uh, you know, parade that I believe that I have seen with the palm branches, uh, with me whenever I was growing up, there was no way that I was going to walk around praising God, waving those palm branches in an orderly fashion. Uh, you know, but it was great. We are here to worship and to praise God. You may be seated. Um, yeah, so. I want to, uh, you know, come to you and, uh, you know, right now, um, Allison, as Allison, uh, you know, gets ready, we're going to anoint Allison. Uh, they will be leaving, um, uh, you know, this week, 
to uh, go to D.C. for Mason's surgery. So we're going to anoint Allison uh, you know, uh, this morning for that surgery and for all that's going on. But I want to thank you and thank each person that's here from the bottom of my heart uh, for all that y'all have done for this family. Uh, we have been taking up money for a love offering for them, and we had a yard sale uh, Saturday, yesterday for them. And I want you to know that, uh, you know, that we have taken in over $3,000 for this family. We thank God for the love that was poured out. Uh, you know, and these are people, uh, you know, I had, I had somebody <clears throat> Thursday uh, come into my office and, uh, you know, and gave me $50. He said, I heard y'all were giving a, having a yard sale for a family that's in need and just gave me $50. Um, so it's, it's just simply the love of, you know, of God's people uh, that has been poured out. So, Allison, you were already supposed to be up here because I was going to have the people then come up, and we're going to lay hands on Allison, and we're going to anoint her. Uh, you know, God's already been in this, and we know that God is going to continue, uh, you know, to be in this. Um, so if I can have the ladies and then some of the men and stuff to come in behind us and I'm going to do the best I can to do this. <clears throat> I'm a crier, and Glenda's still over here crying. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll try to make, through, make it through this. We, uh, we trust that, God, you know, that Mason is already in, uh, in God's hands. And this family is, uh, you know, knows that they are loved and that God is, is in this, and he is in control. He has provided this way for them, uh, you know, and uh, we just recognize that today. And through this, we are just simply joining together with them and the family and saying thank you to the one that has taken this and that is in control of this. Dear Heavenly Father, we do. We come right now with God as I anoint Allison, dear Lord. God, we do this right now just simply in recognition and saying thank you. We want to make sure that you receive the glory for this. Uh, you, know, you are the King of kings and you are the Lord of lords and you are the creator and the sustainer of all things. And right now, God, we acknowledge that and we thank you, dear Lord. God, we thank you for Mason. We thank you for Allison and for this family, dear Lord. And God, right now, we place them in your hands, dear Lord. And we ask that you would protect them as they are on their way to D.C. And God, that you would guide their path, dear Lord. That you would put a hedge of protection around the car. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, I pray, God, that you would be with the doctors right now, dear Lord. That as they look at the pictures and as they look at Mason, dear Lord, that everything goes well. God, give them steady hands. Give them a clear mind. 
and open their hearts, dear Lord, to see your work already in this life. In Jesus' name, amen. to have the ushers to go ahead and to come forward. Wayne, can you lead us in prayer? Our Father, we thank you. Amen. 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 Yes. Steve and Terry is going to come up here for us. And uh, as they come up, uh, you know, we've been focusing and concentrating on Jesus' story through us. And our story is his story.
because of what he has done for us. So they're going to come up forth. thing it's uh let me tell you about my jesus and when you can't sing you just marry somebody that can sing so here we go One, one, two. If I only had one chance to talk to you and share with you what matters most to me, the first thought that comes to my mind is a truth that's made a difference in my life. about Calvary, I tell you about grace, I tell you how the King of glory came to earth and died there in my place, I tell you how forgiveness satisfies and heals I tell you of the greatest love I tell you about Jesus I tell you how his blood can cover every sin and how his resurrection is our hope. I tell you, any day he's coming back again. I tell you, he's all you need to know. I tell you about
the greatest love I tell you about Jesus Jesus It is a beautiful story about Jesus and coming into our lives and saving us from all of the things. What my life would be like without Christ. So, you come into church, and I don't know how many of you came into church uh, you know, excited this morning. Were you excited? Some people are, you know, say, I'm always excited whenever I come into church. Well, today would be a day that you would come in and possibly be a little bit more excited, as into Jubilee, possibly. And let's think about it. Today is known as Palm Sunday or the Triumphant Entrance, the Triumphant Sunday. So this Sunday has a little different of a feel, a vibe, and a little bit different of an interest for us. And for those that have been with us and going through these 40 days of Lent and that's been fasting, you would come into this day and say, praise the Lord, because we're going to have some excitement, right? Because this is the last week that I have to fast. And I get to go back and do what I was doing. Then you fasted for the wrong reason. But it is exciting that uh, you know, all the messages and things that we have had coming up to this and leading to this was about Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount and the way that Jesus was coming to change the way that we looked at the world and to actually change the world. And we get to this day and Jesus is entering into the city of Jerusalem and he is entering in a manner in a way that the people there did not truly understand. So yes, this is a day that we are excited, but we can't get too far into our excitement because we know the end of the story. If we do, then we're going to miss what the triumphant entrance has for us. Whenever we do this, I want us to go turn to Matthew chapter 21, and we're going to look at verses 1 through 11. I know this is a familiar passage of Scripture for you, so I'm going to read it anyway. Matthew chapter 1, or I'm sorry, chapter 21, beginning with verse 1. As Jesus and his disciples approached Jerusalem, they came to the, to the town of Bethpage on the Mount of Olives. Jesus sent two of them on a head. Go into the village over there, he said, as soon and bring them to me. 
If anyone asks what you are doing, just say, The Lord needs them, and he will immediately let you take them. They took, this took place to fulfill the prophecy that said, Tell the people of Jerusalem, Look, the king is coming to you. He is humble, riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey's colt. The two disciples did as Jesus commanded. They brought the donkey and the colt to him. They threw their garments over the colt, and he sat on it. Most of the crowd spread their garments on the road ahead of him, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Jesus was in the center of the procession, and the people all around him was shouting, Praise God for the Son of David. Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Praise God in the highest heavens. The entire city of Jerusalem was in an uproar as he entered. Who is this? they asked. And the crowd replied, It is Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth in Galilee. So we see this entrance that Jesus is entering in. We get this understanding that Jesus knew that there was going to be a donkey and a colt in a town that is up there. So he sends his disciples or two of his disciples to go and get the colt and the donkey. And they brought it to him. Whenever we get here, we have to go to this understanding as far as where the people are. Now, I say where the people are, it's kind of, it's, it's not that hard for us to see that the people were there around Jesus and on the sermon or on the Mount of Olives, because it tells us that that's where Jesus was. But they were all around him, but they were all around him and they were singing praises unto him, kind of like we were singing praises unto God this morning. How many of you, as you were singing praises unto God, were also thinking about all the struggles that you were facing? Anybody going to be honest and say, yeah? Uh, you know, let's think, uh, you know, we, we come here and we are in this time of history and in this world that we live in and things to us seem like they're getting worse and it's getting darker and darker as the days go along, right? We also have the war that's going on with Russia and Ukraine, and we see all the devastation, and we see all the things that's going on over there, and we are here today, and we are singing praises unto God. We are singing praises unto God because we know God and because we understand that next week we're going to be singing praises and thanking Him because His Son has risen. But there's people in this world that aren't singing praises unto God because they're stuck in the struggles of this world. The people that Jesus came to on that day 
the songs that they were singing were songs of praise, but they were songs that came to him and said, Lord, rescue us. Chris and them sung the song, uh, you know, um, Hosanna. And the song that they were singing and the praises that they were giving, Hosanna means, Lord, please rescue us. The people of Israel and those that were gathered around Jesus that day, the songs that they were singing to Jesus was, Jesus, rescue me from this struggle and from this life that I'm in. How many of us today are singing praises and saying, Jesus, save me from this life of struggle that I am in today? We might not be in the physical struggle that the Israelites were. They were, uh, you know, let's face it, it, they were oppressed and they were, uh, you know, put into, they were in captivity within their own city by the Roman Empire. They needed rescued. The Roman government was taxing them to death. Almost literally. Because you couldn't pay taxes, so then you had to become a slave to someone to be able to pay the taxes. You know, it's, it's not a pleasant time that we see Jesus entering in. I've done this. I've preached messages and I've made comments and stuff about how the Israelites should have known what Jesus was doing and, and known the thing, you know, and known that this is their Messiah that's, that's coming in, that's riding in on this donkey. The, 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 the leading priest and the, uh, the people that were in the temple that studied all the words, they should have known this. But how many of us can't see what Jesus really has for us because of the struggles that we're in today? It's, it's hard for us because whenever you're in the struggle, what do you see? You see the struggle. You don't see the Savior that's there and that's coming to take you through the struggle or to take the struggle away from you. And Jesus comes and He's coming in a completely different type of a kingdom. He talked about it in the beginning uh, there of chapter 5 of Matthew. About how the kingdom that he is, is is different. But I want you to take this. Jesus didn't just come so that we can have spiritual freedom. He says that he wants us to live a life here on this earth abundantly, right? He, he wants us to, to have his joy. He is joy, right? And, and he comes into our lives. That doesn't mean that whenever we die, we finally get to have joy. Jesus didn't just come to give us spiritual freedom. He did come to give us freedom here on this earth. Freedom from the bondage of of all that we have. We are supposed to live a different life. The world system that we live in today, and I think about this, you know, back whenever I was growing up, uh, you know, mom didn't work. 
Mom didn't have to work. My dad had the job and mom stayed at home and took care of us kids. It was difficult for her because she raised me. I think she did a good job of it. But I want y'all to know there were many, many days, many days, especially during the summer. By 8 o'clock, I was in my bedroom. I, well, yes, by 8 o'clock in the morning. Now get this, by 8 o'clock in the morning, I was in my bedroom waiting for my dad to come home to distribute the punishment for what I had already done. Now, he didn't get home until like 5.30, 6 o'clock. And she had to put up with me whining as I'm waiting. But the world and the society and stuff today, you know, it's very difficult for one person to work, right? Normally it's both, you know, husband and wife, and, and they're both working, and they're scraping the barrel to make ends. Because the world shows us and tells us that we have to have this, or we have to do this. We have to have electricity, right? We have to be able to turn the light switch on. Heaven forbid it ever get warm enough that we actually have to turn the air conditioners on for about three or four days in a row. I don't know, are any of y'all there yet? You know, I'm still with the window open. You've got your air conditioners on? No, some raise their hand, you know. I, you know, but how many of you, whenever you got up this morning, you know, said, oh my goodness, I have to go and get my fall clothes out. It's springtime. It's time for me to be wearing, uh, you know, light and flashy colored shirts and stuff like pastor is. I shouldn't be covering it up with a sweater or a coat. But we still have to have freedom from this. Does, does the, the almighty dollar still drive us or does God drive us? Do, are, are, are we still stuck in the, in the thought process in our lives that uh, you know, God says that he'll take care of me, but he, he really doesn't take care of me because if I went with the car or the house that he would provide for me, it would be a little stick hut out there. Right? I'm, I'm going to, I just have to say this because I talked about the stick hut. Uh, you know, I went on a work and witness trip back in 2016 and, and lo and behold, God sent us to Hawaii for a work and witness trip. That was horrible, wasn't it? You know, we only had to go to Hawaii to, for a work and witness trip. But I want you to know this, okay? There was somebody that drove up. We fed the homeless on, on Sunday afternoon. So we had service and we fed the homeless the Sunday afternoon before we left on that Monday. And somebody drove up in a Hummer that was homeless. I was like, wait a minute. Your car is fancier than my house. And you're homeless. But it's, what are we tied into? Are we, are we tied into the fact that I'll have this cheap looking house so that I can have this fancy car? Where's our priority? It should be 
freedom with Jesus Christ in living the life that He really has for us. I've gone to meddling. Let me get into my notes then. See, whenever Jesus enters in to Jerusalem, it would have been somewhat common in those days, but yet not exactly the way that, that Jesus did it. There would have been processions for rulers or for generals as they had conquered a nation to be able to come into that city and, uh, you know, and have this parade for them. A lot of times they would even go before and they would clean the street that this parade was going to be on and make sure that all the riffraff wasn't there. Riffraff, that came from Aladdin, right? The riffraff. Oh, come on, y'all got to follow with me on this. They would clean the streets and they would have it prepared for this procession to come through. So Jesus is coming in and he has all of these followers. Now, the Jewish people, they were following Jesus and they were going into Jerusalem. And we have to see this because they really thought that the Messiah was going to come during the Passover celebration. And we're beginning the Holy Week and Passover week in the preparation for this. And they would have been expecting their Messiah to come in. So you can understand their excitement, but yet their kind of confusion. Now, the thing about it is, is that if Jesus was really coming in to conquer, uh, you know, the Roman Empire, he would have went into the Roman city, uh, you know, to Rome, where their leader and their headquarters was. He wouldn't have went into Jerusalem. So it looks like a ruler coming in to conquer the, uh, you know, the, the controlling nation, but he's in the wrong place. Because it's not for them that he was coming. Well, wait a minute. It was for them, but it was through the Jews to be able to get there. So you see that there are things that, you know, that the Israelites would have looked at this and said, oh yeah, here he goes. He's coming in and he's going to take over and he is going to set us free from the Roman Empire. He's going to kick out all the Roman leaders and he is going to lead us into peace. But that's really not what Jesus did, was it? Jesus entered into Jerusalem, but he enters in in a different way. He enters in humbly. There again, I might not be that smart, but doesn't the passage of Scripture tell us that that's the way that their king is going to enter in? And see, the problem that we get into this is, is that their hearts were really not ready for the king because of where they were. Their hearts couldn't receive the Messiah that Jesus was coming to be. 
Is our hearts today prepared for this triumphant entrance? Are we prepared for Jesus to, to enter in on the donkey and on the colt and be a humble king in our midst? Are we ready for him to continue to change the process and the thought process of this world? Maybe your quietness kind of, kind of tells us this. We don't really know what that's going to look like, do we? Whenever we truly turn over our life completely to Jesus, we don't know what the end product of that is going to be. And that scares us to death. Well, almost. We still live. But it's a fear because, after all, we've been taught that you have to be in control of, your, of yourself, right? From the moment in time that you were brought into this world. By the way, we do have a baby over here for the first time. Amber and Kyle is over here with their new baby. You don't have to look. I'm going to see it afterwards. No, I'm kidding. Go ahead and look. No, the baby's gone, isn't it? Oh, my goodness. Okay. But that's okay. But the baby's here. Uh, you know? But as soon as that baby came in, you know, Amber and Kyle, they want to hold on to him. They want to hug him and stuff. But at some point in time, they're going to say, please get out. Sometimes it happens around the age of about 13 or 14. And other times it happens whenever they're about 20, 21, 22. And you're like, oh, you've got to go. This whole life I've been teaching you and helping you to understand that eventually you've got to be on your own. But the walk in the life of a Christian is, is that we have to be dependent upon God. And that's different from the way that we've been taught. So for us to completely surrender who we are and the direction that we're going in is saying, okay... You direct where I'm headed to. Sometimes that's difficult. I went to college to be a PE teacher. And after my first semester, I sat down with my guidance, you know, with my counselor. And the counselor was telling me, okay, you need to take this class and this class and this class. Uh, you know, and I'm like, wait a minute. I just simply want to be a, you know, a PE teacher. I want to do like my PE teacher and I want to just simply take a roll and sit there in the bleachers and stuff with my feet propped up and watch the kids play ball or whatever it is. That's all I want to do. You know, they're like, no, no, no. You have to take anatomy and physiology and you have to take all this stuff here. I was like, oh my goodness, wait a minute. And I'm like, I, you know, I kind of glanced across the page and a doctor in the first four years, a doctor takes two more classes of science than a physical education teacher has to take. I'm like, wait a minute, a doctor's going to get paid this much and a physical education teacher's going to get paid this much. That's not it. I'm like, plus, I'm not smart enough for all those science classes. Put me somewhere else. <laughs> so then I went into studying about business and business management. I'm like, yeah, I can boss people around. I can do that. 
So I went in and I studied business management and I got my degree in business management and I came out and I haven't, you know, I've, I've touched business management whenever I was a manager at Radio Shack, very little. But two years after I got married, I had my first son. Three years after I got married, I was sitting there one day holding my son and I finally heard God say, hey, I've been telling you I wanted you to be a preacher all this time and you've ignored me. I'm like, oh my goodness, that looks completely different than the education that I took. He said, yeah, you're going to have to do something else. And for me to be obedient to God, I had to turn that over. That was not the path that my life was supposed to take. The sporting goods store that I worked in as an internship, that was the life that I wanted. But God said no. So he sent me off on all of this stuff here and I still don't know how it's going to end but at the age of 56 I'm a new college student. Man. It's fear. I hope you understand that every bit of this has to do with Jesus' triumphant entrance into this day. It has to do with the fact that whenever he entered in, he entered in to change and to transform our thought process and our lives. Jesus entered in triumphantly on that day, but his victory was set eight, nine days later whenever he rose from the grave after being crucified on the cross. Completely different than what the people there thought it was going to be like. Whenever we, we go in, we think about this. Jesus Christ, whenever he was early on the scene and in his life, Jesus made a prophecy. And Jesus told them that in three days, you'll tear down this temple, but in three days, I'll rise and raise it up again. For him to be who he said he was supposed to be, that had to happen. So today we celebrate his entrance because the prophecy that he, that he did, it was fulfilled. He fulfilled that prophecy and he rose again, which makes this day such a triumphant day. This day, Jesus is in our lives and he is at the Mount of Olives and he wants to enter in. He wants to enter in so that he can change your life forever. That your life will look completely different than it's ever been before. But we have to receive the Jesus Christ that was on top of that mountain. 
that was sitting on the colt and on the donkey. We can't receive the Jesus that we want. We have to receive the one that came to change all things. And we have to allow him to change all things in our lives. It almost looked like a normal king entering into a regular city as the conquering king. Almost. But it was different because he's different and because he has a different task. And the task that he has is not just simply to rearrange. The task that he has is to change it completely. And it takes a demolishing to be able to change it completely. The song just popped into my head. The Wrecking Ball. I don't know, how many of y'all seen that payday commercial where the payday turns into that wrecking ball and destroys the building? Today's the day that Jesus wants to enter into your life. Not to rearrange your life. But to demolish your life so that He can rebuild it in the way that He sees it worthy. In the way that He needs for it to be rebuilt. It's not going to look the way that it did. It's not going to look the way that we thought that it should look. It's going to be a masterpiece. Because the master is wanting to design it. And if we take our hands off of it, it is and it will be the masterpiece that he desires for it to be. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for today and for the words that we have. God, we thank you for the triumphant entrance. We thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, as he entered into Jerusalem on that day many, many years ago. God, we thank you for that day. But God, we thank you for the day that he was at the top of the mountain in our lives and entered into our lives as our Lord and Savior and God, I pray, dear Lord, that as we go through this week, God, that we would allow you to continue to build this masterpiece in the way that you would have it to be built. God, this is yours. It's not ours. In Jesus' name, amen.